Here we go. Hello, and welcome back to Into Riverdale, your favorite Riverdale rewatch podcast. As always, I am two-thirds of your host, and Daniel, and mm, Mommy Milky Tees. Joining me is that other third, Jesse. Hi, um, did I... I wonder if any of the uh, any, any of the people on Riverdale who will be talking about a lot today uh, is, is like into some uh, pregnant women stuff. Well, Jesse, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. I happen to have an article in front of me from Glamour.com, Celebrity News. KJ Apple puts quote wife Clara Berry's breast milk in his coffee. Uh, subtitle: The Riverdale Riverdale star and French model welcome their first child. Just over a month ago. Um, so KJ Apa... Oh, you know what? If I had seen this photo with him with the two uh, gold neck chains and the unbuttoned shirt, I would believe it. He's a milk guy. No, he's definitely a milk guy. Lou, with that look on his face, he's just like, mmm. Mm, nom, 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 Mommy, milky, please. Milky, please. Uh, KJ Apa's new dad status is changing a lot for the CW actor on October 24th. Uh, shared a video on Instagram where he seemingly pours his partner Cla- Oh, there's video. Oh, no. Oh, good. Oh, no. Pours partner Claire Barry's breast milk from a baby bottle into his morning coffee. Though the pair haven't shared news of a wedding or even engagement, he refers to the model as his, quote, wife. Oh, that's why it's in quotes up top. So a baby may not be the only major change Apa is experiencing. Quote. My wife is a milk machine, and I love it. He captioned the video. <laughs> this is so much worse. <laughs> Which does feature him taking a sip of the coffee before smiling for the camera. Oh my. In the comments, new mom Barry replies, quote, Happy to feed my family. No. <laughs> no. Appa's co-star and fellow new parent Vanessa Morgan also replied to the video, quote, Ah ha ha, yes, I told you. Okay, okay. So I guess Which... Vanessa Morgan also into milk stuff. Okay, who's Vanessa Morgan one more time? I believe that's Tony Topaz. Oh no. Oh no. Let me just click on that name and double check. Yep, Tony Topaz. Oh no. Oh boy, no! are you ready for this, Jesse? <laughs> no. Are you ready for this? No! I require... Is he at a restaurant? Uh, no, he, he probably oh, lives in... He, he probably has a rich house. Or... No, that's a restaurant, no, that's a Jesse. Restaurant. Oh, no! I can hear the people in the back. Yeah. No! Oh, oh no. No! This is awful! What? <laughs> oh, God. I want him to say psych so badly. Oh, Wow. Oh my god. That was incredible. Uh, you know, at least at least he's like proud about it. Oh my god. <sighs> in so many layers there. One, he is in a public restaurant. Uh two, it was in a baby bottle, implying that was meant for the baby, and he's just stealing from his child. <laughs> three, he didn't even stir it after he poured it in. What are you, a psychopath? <laughs> he just he just wanted a vehicle for the breast milk. <laughs> oh, that was just pull out her tits and suckle directly from them, you pervert. Oh, my God. My wife is a milk machine, and I love it. Oh, that's not the end of the article. I was just so... That was just so much that there's more. Uh, well, Appa has kept most of his family life private on Instagram. Barry shared the news of his son's birth in late September. Quote, he is a perfect perfection. Uh... And there is a photo uh, much cuter than when your husband boyfriend was suckling the milk from your teat. Um, and then I get just a recap that they're dating. And that was so awful. And I hated it so much. Oh, my Jesse. God. I, I, I'm sorry. Like, it was it caused me psychic damage when I just read a headline. But I figured yeah, we have to talk I've about it. I've seen the headline before. And I was like, surely that's the worst of it. You've already told me the story. The caption really just, um, like Hiram's mean left hook, uh, took me oh, from by surprise. You also <laughs> sent me one of the most homoerotic. There's one of the most homoerotic scenes in this episode, and there's been a lot oh, of homoerotic yeah, scenes. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I know I say this a lot, but I 
did like a tiny little scream multiple multiple times with how <laughs> fucking bonkers this episode is. Listen, and I'm, this episode <laughs> has everything. What could you possibly want? This episode has it. Does it have cult stuff? Yeah. Does it have boxing? Um, boxing unfortunately, stuff? yes. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, does it have homoeroticism? <laughs> so much. Do you, you know what Hiram? Hiram um, did, did need a twang. Did you want libertarian Hiram with a ridiculous evil libertarian plan? Yes. Here you go. Uh, did you want? Did you want a heist movie in the middle of your episode to frame Hiram Lodge? Don't worry, we got you covered, baby. The- did you want teen romance love triangle? And then, oh god, oh, there's okay, so much. There's a scene. I will bring this up later. That they should have ended about thirty seconds earlier, and it would have been one of the funniest <laughs> things ever. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll go. Let's, uh, let's. No, this one is just it's peak Riverdale. I think I said that last episode, but this one yeah. is even more Riverdale. Like who, baby? All right. So this is season three, episode twenty-one, chapter fifty-six. The Dark Secrets of Harvest House, uh, which must be, you know, a book or a movie or something with a name like that. Yeah, they uh, must have gotten that sauna set, and then they said, God damn it, we got it, we gotta use it. Because <laughs> this is the, uh, like, what, third or fourth episode in a row uh, they're gonna meet up at the sauna. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah, and, like, all the things we were commenting on not being in the episode last time are now here. We talked about, hey, where's Ethel? She's here. Hey, where's Reggie? He's here too. Yeah, it it's almost as if they noticed, hey, we haven't done anything with these characters that had pretty important parts earlier in this season. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, uh John Berlanti is a big fan of this podcast and so when he hears what we have to say, he listens yeah, and makes changes he accordingly. He goes back in time. <laughs> yeah. After hearing uh criticism, it changes them. <clears throat> Yeah, so we start uh, out with uh, basically them and uh, well Betty and well not Betty and no it's just Jughead Jughead and his uh, father FP uh, yeah they they they're investigating and they're at a pervert junior's uh, morgue mm-hmm. and they have the hand he he put a nice bespoke sheet over it <laughs> and lightly. Uh, uncovered it. Uh, you know he's done some stuff with that hand yeah. off camera. <laughs> we gave himself a stranger off the clock. I'm <laughs> uh, um, sorry. But, yeah, we finish your thought because we need to talk about this next. Oh scene. <laughs> yeah, no, we have to talk about so much of this one. But we have. Uh, but basically, uh, they're just like, well, well, we thought he was dead. We're like, well, we only found his head, and when now that I look at it, he obviously cut it off. But like. It's weird because there's like eight bones you have to get through to like to cut your own hand off. You must really want to go. Yeah, and uh, you know that's just a foreshadowing. Um, so this next scene is Veronica overhearing her parents arguing, um, and the reason for that is because I guess um, while in jail, Hiram learned about the great virtues of libertarianism and wants to buy the town and run it privately like a business. And Hermione's like, you're crazy. And he says, uh, I already got permission from the governor. Look at me. Now I'm the captain. Well, okay. Um, every single time libertarians take over, like, a town, like, it goes to shit. Every single time. Like, yeah, one, that's one not town, surprising. One town even got overran by bears. Because That's they so refused funny. to pick, because they were they refused to do like p- trash pickup, right? On the initial because level, it's your own personal trash, so it's your responsibility to do with whatever you want with it. The bears got and the government should not interfere. The bears got so used to having trash that they would just hassle people for food. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> that rules. Yeah, Veronica goes over to. Uh, the Archie or well, Archibald, the Andrews, Andrews. residence, and I go. really think Luke Perry might not be around to shoot. It's possible. It certainly is. I mean, he died in 2019, I believe, which is I think when this was filmed. I don't when know. this was coming I, out, when this stupid. was around when this was coming out, because I remember they were in the middle of the season when they announced it. Right. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That might be. But it then. but basically, uh, Veronica goes over to the only lawyer she knows that isn't wasn't a former mayor, 
Uh, and it was just yeah. like, it was this even legal for him to defy? It's just like, well, I'll see. I'm, I'm not really the person to talk to about this. But uh, while discussing it, um, Veronica comes up with the brilliant realization that her father still owns Pops. And so if there were theoretically any sort of highly legal activities happening nightly at Pops, uh, his name's on the deed. And so that's uh, that's going to come back in her very stupid. No, no, right here. Oh, right here. Uh, she contacts the FBI. Yeah, which which basically they basically be like, hey, let's say there was like I don't know, like embezzlement, underage drinking, illegal, like uh, illegal casino, <laughs> doctoring the books. Yeah, like like would that would that be a crime? Like, and who would be? Would I be responsible for that? Because I'm not on the deed. Yeah. So basically they're gonna their their first time working with the FBI, don't worry, it won't be their last. Uh yeah, they're gonna set up a sting essentially, um, and, and blame it all on Hiram. Meanwhile, Betty is living at the farm because, you know, the black hood is back. Uh so we're there now and they're uh, having a little discussion with the family and Edgar. Oh, that's right. This is where they reveal uh, that she's got the serial killer. Oh my gene. god! Okay, can we stop for a moment? This was yeah. one where okay, I know because you got spoiled and told me that yeah. they're gonna be, there's gonna be like a like a secret like trigger word for like psychosis and people later on. Yeah, but what was okay? So the M A Q or M A O A M M A O A gene, and then there's another one there. Uh, they say they discovered you have the MAOA and the oh, CDH13 CD- genes. Okay. Which apparently is the serial killer genes, and right. she's the only one in the family that has it. Yeah, not even Dad, the serial killer, has these genes, Betty. Well, wait, are they epigenetic? <laughs> Can you get epigenetic serial killer genes? Yeah, they tested the rest of us. None of us have it. Uh... Not even dead. Yeah. And, and they do put... They just drag her now because everything they say is true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they say she has a predisposition to violence. That is correct. Yep. Uh, I think that might be the only thing they say, actually. Well, no, apparently... No. Mm. Wait, there's also... Yeah. Okay. No, no, wait. The, did they... It s- sounded like they were about to list things. They were just the one thing. Did, did they say something about her killing animals when she was younger? That's later. It, okay. That's later when she confronts Dark Betty in her mind. Okay, okay. Like, you know, like Yami Yugi. Oh, <laughs> I would have loved... Okay, I, d- I know I made this joke multiple times about Betty looking into the mirror and seeing, yeah. like, Dark Betty taunting her, but that does happen. We get very close to that here. Yeah. It would be great if, um, it would be great if she had to, like, play a card game or or her light side would be sent <laughs> to the Shadow Realm <laughs> or the Serial Killer Realm. One of those. Yeah. Um, so Edgar sets her down in the office and uh, starts one of those clacky balls back and forth uh, and then lights some incense and starts talking to her and, you know, like hypnotizes her, basically. Okay. Um, she clearly has ADHD, and that's just her being interested in the clacky <laughs> balls. <laughs> like, I would look like I was hypnotized if there's someone just put some clacky balls in front of me. Newton's Cradle, Plus Club. That's the one. Yeah, because I can stare at those for hours. <laughs> <laughs> but Edgar in his, this lighting makes me real hot. And actually, most people mm. look hot in that lighting. It's pretty good lighting. Yeah, it's golden. Yeah. yeah. Um they are she well she's getting hypnotized and yeah, she goes into her mind palace. Yeah, which is really sparse if you think about it. But she hears yeah. a familiar voice in the darkness <laughs> and it's walking towards her and then it's revealed. <laughs> hey, I'm you. <laughs> it's me, Dark Betty. <clears throat> Okay, this lighting does not do good with the shirt she's wearing, because it just shows, like... Because she's wearing a tighter shirt, it just shows her bra straps the entire time. Yeah, super hard. Yeah, Yeah, like, I know you could do better. She's, like, chestier, Uh, but, like... I I wish they would have kept the wig for Dark Betty. I really wish, Uh, too. Instead, they use her iconic ponytail, which, actually, I don't think she's been wearing since uh, Kevin called it out back in Season (laughs) 2. Well, if you get dragged that hard. Oh. Right. 
Um, um, so it's the iconic ponytail and then like one of her more formal looking shirts, but it's still very Betty, which is like good costuming and design, but I miss the insane black wig. Apparently she killed a dog named, uh, Caramel. Oh yeah. Their pet dog, I guess they murdered and she suppressed that maybe. Oh, she, she's, um, and then dark, she's the real dark Betty, Betty. Yeah. Dark Betty says that dark Betty is the real one and, uh, regular Betty's the figment. Well, thanks, Professor X. What a great session. And you know what? They did the classic, she's rocking back and forth that shows that she's mentally ill. Because that's always a sign of mental illness and not just someone stimming. Mm-hmm. But she's she kind of talking about how I feel like a little disoriented and I have a sharp pain in my head. And uh, put a pin in that. Because apparently right, you feel that yeah, after you do yeah, the session. Edgar says... Uh, that means that they have located the sort or the location of her trauma, and that's going to come back later. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's the title card. They didn't go uh, as long cool. in this one. Yeah, nine minutes in. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I remember one that was like fi- like half the way through <laughs> when they did the title card. <clears throat> uh, so after the title card, uh, you see Betty calling up Jughead, be like, Hey, they're magnetic balls. Those aren't magnetic. Okay, whatever. <laughs> she doesn't know. But, uh, but basically, she's just saying, like, I feel weird after them doing a hypnotizing thing. Mm. And she says what's going on. And Betty. Yeah, just debriefing. Yeah, it's, it's. Which, again, I do appreciate this, that this show shows people sharing information. Like, I don't know why I appreciate yeah. it so much, but I do. Uh, also, just because I saw Madeline Petch's uh, name flash across the screen, uh, did you see what she went uh, for as Halloween? No. Uh, she went as Velma, or not Velma, Daphne. Um, and it's just further fueling my need for a CW Scooby-Doo. Oh my god, I want a CW Scooby-Doo. So badly. <clears throat> so, you know, after Cheryl gets inevitably killed by like a wizard in season 8... <laughs> Um, she can go and become Daphne in the CW Scooby-Doo. And she could just play Cheryl. Yeah. <laughs> um, alright, so... Jughead tracks down, um... You, you remember from prom when it was like, I'm a clown and I got it from a druid who got it from a centaur. Uh, Jughead followed that chain all the way up to this random extra named Louie. Yeah. <clears throat> Who uh, who gave who gave the the envelope with the mission to a centaur or druid? Yeah. One of those. Also, you know, is, it went down could, the chain. Why? Why is there a separation between cleric and druid? You should be able to be a druid centaur. Sorry, centaur and druid. Because one's right, a class. One is a race. One, one is a class. Yeah. So yes. you should be able to be a cleric centaur. Like, it shouldn't be separated unless centaur is just, like, something you turn into. <laughs> you can trade to be a centaur. Well, I mean, I think that just implies that the most defining feature of this person's centaur costume was, in fact, that he was a centaur and not what role he played in centaur society. Whereas the druid clearly um, was motifed as a druid and not a human. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. I just feel like it's somehow racist. Sorry, I need to point out that Jughead just bribed this kid with $20. Oh my god. Oh my god. He, you know, okay, if, mm, I hated that first off, because he's, he's, he's both trying to do good cop, and like, hey, I'm your buddy, at the same time, but not as a cop, and I don't like it, I don't like this Jughead, this Jughead sucks, this is a worse Jughead, him and, him and Sewer Killer Betty deserve each other, but, uh, but apparently some, uh, homeless looking kid, who looked around yeah, 13. I mean, it's Ricky. Him. Yeah, it's Ricky. We all know it's Ricky. <laughs> yeah, we knew this uh, since the beginning. It was, uh, yep. Uh, meanwhile, Betty's sitting down for lunch with her friends um, and notices Fangs is wincing. And it's because he's a little sore from his procedure where they uh, took out the trauma. And they all start talking about how they actually get a physical surgery to remove, quote, remove the trauma. And uh, then she sees Kevin's big scar from a major surgery and not a minor cosmetic thing. Okay, okay. I just want to say it was good Mm -hmm. that she checked 
but also mm-hmm. a little creepy that she thought, hey, I'm going to start p- trying to pull up your shirt in the middle of this thing. She did ask permission yeah. at all. Yeah, that's true. It, it, it's kind of bad. A little bit, you know. Just a little bit. <sighs> okay. So then we cut to the Archie or Archie's house, the Andrew's residence. And Veronica basically invites herself in and says, yo, my dad's going to buy the town. So, yeah, what one last job. Oh, um, my God, so... this is the most homoerotic scene. Okay. <laughs> this otherwise so... known as uh, Hiram gets his twink uh, scene. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 <laughs> like, it's like the setup to, like, an extremely good, well-produced gay porn. Mm-hmm. And not... Um, I mean, they're in, the, they're in the sauna again, um, and... It's, you know, Hiram and the old Italian gentlemen that are found in saunas, uh, as you do. Um, and Hiram's bragging about his plans. Uh, and then Archie comes at this skinny ass, fucking twinkie ass little man. I hear you're trying to buy Riverdale, Riverdale, my town. I can't let that happen. Hiram has been there before you, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, he challenges Hiram uh, to a boxing match for the town. Yeah. Um, and then he goads him by calling him a weak little baby. Um, and that you somehow gave, works. And you gave me the best screenshot, which was... Yeah. Which was, there's nothing hard about me, Andrews. Or, or, no, uh, Archie says, maybe you've gone soft. And Hiram gets, gets- to his feet and says... Uh, there's nothing soft about me. Yeah, there's nothing soft about me, and you know I don't lose, which sounds like Hiram is just like, I'm gonna destroy you, little twink. I don't care if you're talking Yeah, just a lot, a lot of direct eye contact um, between two mostly naked men standing yeah, two inches apart. Just like, I, I, they could have, they, that's the nexus point for a, uh, for a very raunchy uh, uh, Riverdale, what if? <laughs> like, just, just like, well, if you don't want to box me, then why don't why don't I fuck you about it, huh? Yeah, I I got a different competition in mind. <laughs> whoever whoever um, squirts first. By the way, they're both trans. Um, two. We're taking this all the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, um, so Veronica's up to bat now in the scheme uh, and comes to her dance and is like, "Daddy, I heard you challenged Archie to a fight." You can't do this. And he's like, of course I can. I'm a big man. And she says, no. What I mean is people have been calling all over to my speakeasy specifically, I guess, to place bets on this fight. This is uh, definitely not like, going to be a sting operation. Yeah. Dad. I was like, wow, what a great idea. I will invest in this and make a lot of money because I'm going to obliterate that twink. <clears throat> wow. I definitely don't own your speakeasy, daughter. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Polly's like, hey, Betty, remember that time you pushed me down the stairs, you psychopath? And that was that scene. <laughs> yep. Um, and now uh, Jackhead is pumping JB for information on Ricky's whereabouts. Um, it's fine, I guess. The scene was kind of nothing. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, she says she's a, he's about to ascend. That's the big thing. Uh, now we're in for round two of hypnosis for Betty, uh, but this time she puts in earplugs while he's not looking to prove some sort of point. <coughs> oh, I wasn't paying attention to this. Uh, so last time Betty just woke up in like an empty, abandoned-looking apartment. Uh, this time, while she's uh, pretending to be hypnotized, <clears throat> she sees that Edgar actually leads her into a physical room. And then uh, someone dressed up as Betty comes to taunt her. Or is that actually Betty? Is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah, that's part of the mystery. Oh, no, it's not. Okay, sorry, that's Polly. I Right? Yeah. Yeah, Polly. Okay. Yeah, that's how they did it. Okay. Okay, fun fact. If you uh, look up uh, Hiram Andrews slash Hiram oh, Large yeah. uh, on Archive on Our Own, you get quite a bit. And as as soon as last week someone wrote uh, just a normal article, I mean, normal thing, no, nothing sexual, 
But the one uh-huh. that was written before then has yeah. a uh, Archie slash uh, Jughead, Betty slash Veronica, and Archie slash uh, Hiram Lodge, and that one is explicit. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, the first slide is Daddy made made a deal with the devil. Archie was the price. Oh no, he is gonna obliterate that twig. <laughs> and it's oh my god, it is fifty eight hundred words. It's a lot. Oh my god, someone apparently uh, needed something for Daddy there. <laughs> I I guess so. <clears throat> Uh, meanwhile, uh, Jughead found Ricky and stopped the ascension, but then all the Boy Scouts showed up with sharpened sticks to kill him. Yeah. Because the children have gone feral, folks. Yeah. Do you think they're all on Jingle Jangle? Uh, yes. Absolutely. Oh, right. And then inside the bunker, that's where he hid, there's Ethel. And she quotes Star Wars at Jughead. Yeah, I hate, I groaned at this part, be like, Jughead, you're my only hope. And of course they had to, like, you know, cut to commercial at that point. Right. There's a uh, lot so of vampire fic. Oh, There's a lot of vampire alternate universe Archie stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty popular, I recall. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm now no longer doing the the, the podcast. I'm now looking at this. <laughs> okay. Uh Ethel, you know, got deprogrammed during the Sisters of Quiet Mercy arc, but then another Gargoyle King showed up and was like, I'm the real one. And she was like, yeah, cool. I'm down. So that's what she's been doing. Although apparently she knows who the Gargoyle King actually is. But she won't tell Jughead. Darn. Okay, now they start planning, uh, which is, I feel, is, uh, you know, pretty pretty good for the most part. Uh, and here's Reggie, the final member needed to take down Hiram Lodge on Veronica's crack team of thieves. Yeah, uh, so Betty calls an emergency meeting in the farm and brings in the, the cast, the main cast in the farm. And mm-hmm. uh, she said, yo, Edgar is hypnotizing you. And, be, and Cheryl comes up with a pretty good point. It's a pretty th- common therapeutic thing. Up. Yeah, everyone's just like and and but uh she says he's also hurting you and okay i want to okay so cheryl doesn't know about bdsm at all but she says <laughs> what's the point of giving someone pain just to take it away hey people are into wax uh, play come on <laughs> but um but basically betty has come with no evidence and like no real theory uh, and so naturally everyone's like, prove it. And she's like, I can't. They're like, well, then you're full of shit. And she's like, oh, yeah? Well, I'll get proof. Oh, and which, the proof she you know, gets. Oh, my God. True. Ooh. She does get some proof. She probably should have started with that and saved everyone some time, but it's fine. Yeah. We get there. Like, it's like one of those things that could have been like an email at first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, they're trying to get all these fucking feral children back to town. Um, but the smallest one's gone back to the junkyard. Uh, to get his knife from the bus they were living out of, I guess. So Ethel and Jughead are gonna go uh, try to find him. Uh, meanwhile, Betty uh, is coming to chat with Evelyn, who she finds out is on dialysis. Yeah. Uh, because she had bad kidneys. Yeah, apparently she has bad that's, kidneys. That's a clue, sleuthers. Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, Betty checks what's in the IV, and it's uh, immunosuppressants, as if you had just had an organ transplant. Yeah. That's a that's <clears throat> a clue, dear readers. And she, <laughs> the scar on Kevin's back, she muses. And, and she, she, oh, she also says, like, Fang's treatment. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like, lose clues. We put it all together. And Edgar's butchering his disciple. <laughs> he's been harvesting organs from the coal. It turns out the farm is an organ farm. And, and, and oh God, I love that. Evelyn, she's like, you don't know that. anything. Yeah, right. Stop it. Yeah. Stop looking into this. Hey, I can't get out of this chair. My treatment's not done, but hey, cut that out. <laughs> she does it so half heartedly. Uh, so Betty's doing her classic lock picking thing, getting into rooms she's not allowed in. 
And uh, what she finds is, oh, she gets into one of them uh, operating rooms. She's snooping around. <clears throat> I don't think you can keep organs on ice like that. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not exactly, like, 100% on this. So apparently it looks like he has yeah. a lot of blood as well, which makes sense. I mean, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, the farm organ program uh, is on the boxes and it's a uh, walk in fridge full of organs and blood and the like gasp. Meanwhile, uh, they're looking, they find the little kid in the bus and everything would be cool except for uh, then the black hood shows up. And he's a scary hook. I can't believe he's a scary hook, man. That's so funny. And I love how much that prop is just very clearly him holding uh, the thing in his hand like you do with a cheap pirate costume. Yeah, it's so obvious. And I love how anytime he gets close to a wall, he has to drag this. Yeah, like, it's just inc- everything about it's incredible. Like, he's got to duel the tip of that that hook so easily. But he probably also wanted yeah. to, you know get stuck a little bit when he tries to stab yeah. someone. But uh well they lock themselves it well they try to lock themselves inside of the uh the bus. The bus. But it turns out they're trapped. Yeah. They try to get out the back but the back's stuck and he comes in the front. Uh he it took him a while because he had to stop and drag his hook on everything. Um but they managed <laughs> to get out and then block the back door. Yeah. Uh yeah I just want this dude to show up like Every now and then during later seasons, you're right. That would be so funny. Yeah, it'd be great if he was just the reoccurring thing. Yeah, just like somehow the Black Hood has returned again. <clears throat> uh, so they lock him in a bus. Do you think the actor for Hal also had something going on around this time? Because, like, I mean, the Black Hood's here, but don't hear that's talk. just a hood. And he, yeah, he doesn't talk. Yeah. And you know, and you know, he. You know that he would be Hannibal Lecturing it up, you know, while, like, right. attacking people. Normally, yeah. At least it goes into, like, a berserker. Just seems like there are a lot of lot of things going on with this cast um, <laughs> over these few weeks, maybe. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, because we love, we love to interpose a fight with a song, we're cutting between La Banui, where all the high rollers are coming in to place their bets, I don't know why they'd be doing it here and not at the ring where they can watch, but okay. Uh, or no, sorry, she's handling the bets here, I think. The the people are at the place and they're calling it in, uh, is how it's happening. Uh, so she's setting up and then she's going to do a song for the night, I guess. Uh, meanwhile, Archie's gearing up to fight and his mom is there to watch because she gave her support to this insane plan. And I don't really understand well, why. I don't know. Apparently everyone in this town wants to be a goddamn cop and I hate it. <laughs> but to be fair also you should probably get rid of Hiram or the next season's gonna be real boring because I'm tired of Hiram yeah yeah the the show is too crazy for his scheming unless he be, unless he becomes a wizard in jail <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be beautiful I would love that he comes back with dark magic be like guess what I'm no longer in the mob I'm now a druid I'm gonna flood the town my cellmate was Zangor the unquenchable <laughs> Yeah, he basically, bet, not Betty, uh, Veronica sings a song that seems like, I'm going to say, fairly creepy. It was talking, uh, mm. but it's also supposed to be like, you know, thematic. Yeah. But it's talking about like. Because it's about daddy. Yes, yeah, so daddy daddy's made me fight. Daddy, daddy, daddy told me how he like his liquor. Yeah. And uh, um, how many times have they synced up a song in the Bonnui with fighting in this season? Because I feel like it's every uh, single time. Every time there's a fight. <laughs> every time there's a fight. Like, like, even in the beginning when he was doing illegal underground uh, bare knuckle fighting. Yeah, they, lo- they think it's very <laughs> profound to uh, cut music and violence. It's, I mean, it's not the worst thing they could do. I guess it's better than hearing no. the meaty slaps of people hitting each other. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, but yeah, Hiram, Hiram's giving the business to Archie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's trying to goad him on to, yeah. and, and like he's, and he's clearly doing like, like stuff you're not supposed to do in boxing too. Right. And he's just, and the ref's not, ref's not calling this to Archie's like, well, fuck this. And they go bare knuckle. Yeah. Which I, I have, I just like squealed at that point. I'm going to be real honest. Like, <laughs> yeah. Get him. Um, but it's. 
they're basically, uh, you know, doing barrel knuckle box knuckle boxing right now, and uh, yep. and you can see Archie like getting real fucked up. Yep. But is it a ruse? It is a ruse. He was just trying to get him to do it long enough. To... Right. Yeah. He's. I mean, I I think that Hiram's legitimately beating the shit out of Archie, but it is he, <laughs> I, Archie's job is to buy time here, so he's also probably not. Uh, trying to knock Hiram out. Yeah, because I feel like. But like Hiram, Hiram is a full-grown man, so like. Yeah. I think he's really giving Archie the business. Yeah, but uh, but basically, um, the feds come in after a bunch of people yeah. called in some uh, last-minute bets about people about Archie being killed, and also, are you allowed to do that in the middle of a boxing match? Yeah, I. I don't think so. Like, the books close once the match starts. Yeah, like, it, doesn't it? Yeah, that's, that'd be like me betting on the Super Bowl, like, like two, at the fourth quarter the fourth, with two minutes left. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. But, but basically, uh, Hiram, like, taunts Archie, be like, yo, you're a little baby bitch. Uh, and be like, I may be a little baby bitch, but I was just making sure that you were here long enough to get caught. Basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Although I do, I do the cinematography for uh, this the fight. So always been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it does, it looks like a it's boxing dynamic. movie right now. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, Hiram's giving him the business, as as we uh, inferred from when Reggie said Hiram's giving him the business. <laughs> yeah, uh, they do that really nice cinematic shot where you punch the retainer out of someone's mouth and it's filled with blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he, he taunts him, like, uh... Oh, and then Veronica gets there to stop him before he literally kills Archie with his fist. Um, and that's when Archie's like... Yeah. Okay, so Hiram says, I beat you, I'm the better man. Which is an insane <laughs> statement. Thanks, Hiram. Also, also... Thanks, Papa. I forgot to say the thing I always say when we see a lot of shortlist men. They gave something for Daddy in this episode. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, and... Uh, FP along with a Fed is just like uh, I, with great pleasure, I say I uh, I say you're under arrest. Yeah. And pretty much, like he he looks he does not sell that he's betrayed at all. A uh, Hiram. Yeah, it's it's it it is an understated uh performance you, there. You betrayed me. But he's uh, in jail. The next scene, be like, can't believe my daughter's Still shirtless, working. Baby. Can't believe my daughter's working with the feds. They do a lot of great shots. They want to. They they want to make him look taller. So that's one thing. But we get like nice shots of his abs and his uh, his shoulders and his yeah. pecs. Basically, you know, stuff for daddy. Um, right. And apparently, all of his assets are going to be um, seized by the feds. Yeah. Um, and I, how's that going to work with the Bon Nui? Oh, well, it's up for public auction. She'll just buy it. Oh, yeah. And they're going to sell it cheap. They're going to sell it real cheap because those yeah. government auctions, they just want to get rid of right. it. Right. Yeah, exactly. In fact, if you want to get just a box of knives, you can get a box of <laughs> knives for like 30 bucks from the TSA. You just go, like, I forget that website, but you could just buy contraband uh, that's not supposed to be on planes, like from, I almost Bought Uh-oh. like fifty knives, a box of knives, just assorted knives before. I mean, it's kind of like a fun loot box because I'm sure some people maybe forgot a really nice knife. Yeah, you could buy like school buses and stuff, which I think is how yeah. a lot of those people make the tiny houses out of the mm. school buses, which I both think is cool, but also you know white people shit. Uh, yeah. But um, anyway. Uh, Archie's mom says she thinks he and Veronica are endgame, which is incredible. Um, that's going to lead to something later. Meanwhile, um, I forget the reason, but Evelyn agrees to tell Jughead who the Gargoyle King is. Oh, and Ricky's missing. <clears throat> I know. Sorry. Um, they're... So, I don't like how they did this. But basically, mm. Ethel tells Jughead who is the Gargoyle King. And she yep. just whispers and be like, that's impossible. Just just tell us. Just tell us. Well, don't worry, Jesse, because in this very next scene, <laughs> Jughead calls Betty and says, 
Betty, you won't fucking believe it. The Gargoyle King is Jason Blossom. <laughs> nah, nah, he ain't. But there's only one way to find out. And apparently, Colonel Junior is going to be so happy. Pervert Junior be like, yes, I get to exhume a body. <laughs> when I said this episode has everything, did you want a little, like, grave robbery? Because, baby, we got you covered. Yeah, so Betty goes into Cheryl's room and says, like, they're taking your fucking organs. And then she shows Cheryl a goddamn heart on ice. Yeah. Whose heart is that? Wait, how? Wait, wait. You cannot take someone's heart without killing them unless you have a peacemaker in there. But basically, she uses the really fun, uh, what I think should be a Mad Max title, Human Chop Chop. Mm, yeah. Um, but Betty very wisely uh, coming to Cheryl first because she knows uh, this is the most powerful ally she can have in this fight. <laughs> and Cheryl's going to run off to rescue Tony, who's just about to go under her procedure, which we now know is getting those organs stolt. Yeah, she threatens a nurse with a scalpel. Yeah. Uh, it's a real... I'm just going to say, if I was Tony, I would marry Cheryl as soon as I could. Right, it's pretty hot. Like, this is this is exactly how I want my partner to say, yo, I love you, and also get married to me after this. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Fangs and Kevin are playing hacky sack. Uh, Just normal stuff. Betty tries to warn them. Uh, They don't. She doesn't have the heart anymore, though, so they don't go for it. And they're buying. They're kind of buying into his lie Edgar's lie a little bit they're they're taking the parts out of us that's causing us pain I mean to be fair Cheryl only believed her after she was shown a live human heart um I don't know why she then left the heart but and then she she uh the two the two boys try to grab her but he but she you know is fighting them off and uh Uh, but then more orderlies come in and there's a very dramatic drag bet uh Betty back from the camera shot. The drag me to hell shot. Yeah. Uh, but Tony and Cheryl are, are still on the loose. They've made it to the underground tunnels. Uh, no, sorry, just down a pair of stairs to uh, exit. But that one's locked. And that oh, So the window. The window's open. <clears throat> uh, and Cheryl says, there's only room in this window for one person. Go! Run! Uh, and sacrifices herself, I guess. Yeah. She basically just shoves Tony outside of a window. <laughs> like a small window. I feel like they both could have gotten through that window and just left. I don't know that the sacrifice was needed. Yeah, I feel like she could have definitely left because she's the one who has everything in her name. So she probably could have said, hey, I'll pay you a million dollars to run this on the local TV <laughs> station or something yeah uh so archie having been inspired by his mom shows up at veronica's place and says we need to talk and then just walks in she said and before you say anything yeah hang on my my nephew is lagging a little bit and i can't i we i need to see this so yeah he so he just comes in says i have something i need to tell you uh sees that there is a bottle of champagne shield with two glasses out yes uh, and he's like, is someone here? And then... Mwah, 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 mwah. It's so good, Reggie. Hey, Andrews. He comes out. Reggie was helping me after Bonnie uh, and he came to tell me. Okay, this is when they should have cut it. came to tell her that I wanted to be with they, her. They should have no ended it after what. he said, I came. And then ended the scene. <laughs> 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 Because he paused yeah, just he... long enough after I came. Like, and I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, he did. He said, we're fucking, Archie. But, yeah, uh, but basically he says, uh, I told her I want to be with her. She said she wanted to be with me, too. This is closer to what the comic is, where Archie and Reggie are just mm. fighting over the same two girls. Ah. Uh, yeah. Um, but once he gets confirmation for Veronica, which, uh, fair enough, uh, get on you, uh, he says, well, then excuse me. <laughs> and Veronica, for some fucking reason, uh, is like, well, wait, wh- don't you want to hang out? We should all celebrate together. Okay. Um, I want to tell a very vulnerable story right now, right before the end. Okay. Yes. So, in in college, mm-hmm. there's, there's this girl I really like. 
Right. And she just started dating someone new. I'm just okay. like, oh, like, and and I didn't know until I told her my feelings. I'd be like, well, mm-hmm. I don't really want to date, but like, you know, if you're up for something, like, and she was, you know, insinuating she wanted a threesome, but I didn't get that. And it also uh, happened to be a person that I was extremely attracted to, but I didn't know about at the time. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, that's a shame. I know. And you know what? That's happened three times to me when I was in college. I wow. I was Jesse. dense. But. It was because I didn't think I liked boys at that time. Uh, yeah. No, it was uh, a fucking... Uh, a Jesse what if story. A Jesse what if. What if, what if Jesse got some poon and some dong at the same time? Maybe I would have been happier if only. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, Betty's been shoved to the chair. They're going to harvest her organs. That's what we... Oh, that's not even what we end on. There's a little bit more after that. Jesus. Yeah, they, there's so many really good, like, stinkers in this one. Yeah. And Betty does the thing that people always do and eventually comes tr- true. Be like, my someone will come for me. <clears throat> I mean, but they're taking your organs right now, sis, so I don't think they're going to come in time. No. But did we get... Is this the stinger part? Uh, yeah, no, this is the stinger. Yeah. Uh, so so what was Jughead doing while his girlfriend was getting harvested? He was doing a little harvesting of his own. Yeah, he goes to the uh, to the Blossoms uh, graveyard and digs up yep. the... Mr. Jason Blossom. Yep, Mr. Jason Blossom, and he opens up the coffin and... Shock! No one's there. Dun, dun, dun. What could it mean? Well, I think it means that Jason is the Gargoyle Gang. Well, there's only one way to find out, and that's to tune in next week, folks. Yeah. Um. Uh, man, this was a good episode. That was incredible. This was inc- Literally something for everybody. Come on. Yeah. How can you be mad at that? Do you want some homoeroticism? Do you want to see of? A, a guy in his 40s beat down a teenager. <laughs> Teen love triangle, a little light grave robbing, libertarian mayor. <laughs> Everything. You know, if he only uh, bought the town sooner, because then he could have just made all those things legal. legal. True. Yeah, yeah. that's hubris. That's you Got him. Yeah. If you're going to buy a town, do it immediately. Although, would it be great if this that's turned awesome. into like a, like a Schitt's Creek situation? <laughs> like does Hiram like slowly become a good person in yeah, this yeah, situation yeah he realizes oh okay yeah and it becomes a really wholesome show that actually doesn't have a lot of jokes to like you know punching down and it's just mm-hmm. about people becoming good uh by the oh, way Shits Creek nice. uh, I recommend it it's very uplifting and cute and uh oh, I love everyone on there especially I forgot the name not David his sister Rose Sure, let's Rose. go with Rose. Yeah, I like her a lot. She's really good. Nice. I like how she um, learned everything now, now that because we're... she was kidnapped so many times as a child. <laughs> <laughs> now now that we're in it, do you have anything else to recommend, or is that it for you this week? Um, not really. I started playing uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider because mm. it was on sale for like 13 bucks with all the DLC, so nice. I did that, and uh, it's... It's a game that's fun. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as for me, I will recommend uh, Maya and the Three. It's a children's uh, show on Netflix uh, created by the dude who made the Book of Life. And it's uh, loosely in that shared universe, I guess. Um, but it's about an ancient Latin American civilization that's ambiguously um, just, you know latin uh but uh there there's a prophecy that a great eagle and his three warriors will fight the gods of the underworld and save the world or whatever and then it turns out it's actually about maya uniting warriors who are outcasts from the other three kingdoms to go fight the god of war uh and there's some other stuff in there and it's pretty fun and great uh great designs because uh the dude from the book of life did it. He does a lot of detailed work. Yeah. I will, uh, I will also say the thing that I like about Tomb Raider, uh, mm-hmm. Tomb Raider, well, shadow, mm, shadow of Tomb Raider. Is it both does some extremely good things about 
like interacting with other culture, but then does the most British ass like colonialist shit at the same time. It is rubbing up against each other so bad because first off it's one of the first games i've seen in a long time that actually recognizes that incan and mayan people they didn't go extinct they still exist right but yeah. at the same time you're just going around stealing their artifacts yeah she's raiding tombs <laughs> yeah. it's in the title yeah and i just i just love it because it's just like like she's learning all these languages and when she talks to the people she talks to them in the language if you had that op- option on um yeah. like and it seems like she's somewhat respecting the the you cultures know, but uh, also multi not. multicultural colonialism, you know. My my oppression will be rainbows or it will not not. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take your culture. Uh I'm also more more female drone pilots. <laughs> yeah, more female drone pilots. But yeah, I will uh yeah, but it's uh, pretty fun. Um I will say that I kind of hope, because I am not against the whole U- uh, Ubisoft-style, you know, open-world games too mm-hmm. much, but it seems like um, EOS Montreal, or whatever their name is, who also did the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Oh, by the way, I also recommend the Guardians of the Galaxy game. I heard that was It's actually, good, yeah. like, really good. It's a pretty solid game. Um, th- but... I feel like their style of like somewhat open world ish games, but like mm-hmm. generous, but they have like really generous um like uh, accessibility. It doesn't do just like this is hard, easy, or whatever. They give you an option mm-hmm. to change all of the aspects of the game. So if you want the puzzles to be easy, but the combat to be hard as balls, you can make that. Mm. And I like that. It's it's fun. Um, I don't mess with them too much but you know if i'm feeling too uh dumb that day to think about a puzzle i can just turn it i can just turn it on to super easy for the puzzle or if i if i want if you know whatever you know it's just that's i i would i appreciate accessibility in triple a game because they tend not to have good accessibility but that that's my rant about the game industry uh i think it's your turn to sign us off uh yeah i think it is um yeah this has been uh riverdale and uh, uh i want to obliterate that twink <laughs> bye <laughs> i'm never soft or whatever the fuck he said i dropped out in the fourth grade to run drugs to support my nano That means you haven't known the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Get my pretty name out of your mouth. We are not the same with or without.